Hello, and thank you for tuning in today to Kobe Magazine Podcast. Well, I'm your host, Regina Washington, and your other host here we have with us is Madison Wade. She is our art director, and she loves (laughs) art just like I do. Today we have with us Static, that's Ramon Static, who's uh, the best kept secret in visual art. Hello, Static. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. Um, because I know that you are an art um, and it's so inspiring um, and vibrant throughout Chicago, wherever you go, whether it's on the south side, the north side, uh, the west side, your trademark murals are showcased everywhere. What was your first love? Was art your first love? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So consistently, um, since I was uh, maybe in the third or fourth grade. Yeah, consistently maybe so in third or fourth grade. Um, as far as um like first genre of art, um, I got intrigued by was um comic book art back in the early nineties. Mm-hmm. And uh, there it, it kinda grew from there. You know, the okay. rabbit hole went deep, you know. It was like junior high. It's like it's like grammar school. Yeah. What were you reading? I was around for the beginning of image comics. So like I was like um I was collecting like a lot of those image comic books as they were coming out. So like when Spawn okay. first came out as a comic book, I was like at the stand, like to buy it as it was as it was coming out. Yeah, and I was um, intrigued by like the glossy covers they had mm-hmm. and their compositions, mm-hmm. and it stood out like amongst some um, newsstands. And it was like a nice hybrid of um graphic design, digital art, and hand drawn art. Also, did you think that you wanted to do comic book art? Uh, originally, yeah, yeah. Originally, I wanted to be um a comic book illustrator when I was um man, like like I said, uh, at, like grammar school. Right. Yeah. Um, a lot of that changed once I got into high school. As I got into high school, I got like introduced into like the role of hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, it was way more intriguing hip-hop. and um, relatable. And um, it seemed like to reach more people and, ha- and it had more of, a, of, a, of an impact, you know, yeah. during that time. It definitely had its past pros and cons. It's, um, you know, legal uh, ramifications from like doing illicit hip hop related stuff mm-hmm. um, to, um, the fame, you know, you, you kind of pay the ball, ball. You kind of pay the call. Static. Let me ask you: yeah. um, Who and what are your inspirations? Um, who are my inspirations currently? Yes. Yeah, like uh, to, to related to like uh, the inspiration is like a, a dartboard, right? Mm-hmm. You know, one being closest, mm-hmm. and um, five being the most far out. Um, I'll say like the, the intermediate artists um, that I work with. Um, my studio made a Gretzky. Um, Max Dancing, you know, to um, like national influences, like a uh, Mold Two, um, mm-hmm. Dime One, and it's like um, older, influ- slightly older uh, Chuck folks, um, older than that. Let's say on, on Ring of Five, um, like Renaissance artists like uh, Caravaggio, uh, like a few of the um, abstract expressionists, the um, Bauhaus movement. Okay. You know, so I'm kind of like all over the place. I did notice that um, you had a lot of art history references in your art. Like you had the Roy Lichtenstein piece, your rendition of it, and then the with the Takashika Hakusai um, Great Wave in there. So what was your, like, formal education, I guess, like? You started in, like, third, fourth grade. At that point, were you being, like, cultivated artistically? And then how did that, how did it move? How did it grow from there? Um, yeah, I think it really get cultivated artistically consistently until um, I got into college. 
Oh, um, wow. prior, prior to then, my parents tried to put me in some art classes. They weren't consistent with it during that time. In high school, like Chicago Public Schools, sorry, has like a terrible art program for the most part. Mm-hmm. There are a few schools that, 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 um, that do their job as far as an uh, adequate art program, but for the most part, um, their art programs um, are under par. So, so for example, senior year, um, I was graduating high school, and I needed I need, like one last art credit to graduate. By this time, I was like I was 18 years old in my senior year, right? Um, by this time, I was already painting walls. I put a, a case for painting walls. I was yeah. pretty much out there um, in my senior year of high school. So first day of class, um, I see the, um, the supply list, and it's you know it's basically a bunch of art and craft projects, mm-hmm. and it's telling us to paint. You know, you got to draw and make art with crayons. So I was pretty much offended by that. Um, yeah, I you dropped the class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I dropped the class. Like, the first day when I saw it, I walked out. So now I joined a music class, mm-hmm. and okay. I'm joining a choir. And after I got my art credit, and it, and it turned out I wound up learning a lot about music that I wouldn't have known. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, had I not like um, taken that class, I, I, I.e., the um, importance of like acoustic instruments, talents in jazz music, how to read notes, um, things, right. things of that nature. So yeah, once I got into art, like I went to the American Academy of Arts. I um, went there straight out of high school, like no break in between. But it, it took me um, like five and a half years <laughs> to get like a four year degree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I started like in the fall of '99. And mm. I finished in 2005, like the summer of 2005. Okay. Yeah, it, it got stretched out, but it got done. <laughs> we have a BFA, that's the fine arts and multimedia web design. Mm-hmm. Um, I changed my okay. major maybe uh, two or three times in uh, college. Yeah, I went from illustration to graphic design to um, web design with a background in uh, oil paint. We're going to go to break right okay. quick, and we'll be right back right after this. you like to have an amazing ad on our website podcast magazine or e-magazine for more details contact code b magazine by email info at codeblackmag.com okay and we're back what fueled like that transition from you started off, um, you know, with your illustration and everything, and then you moved on to graphic design, so or uh, web design? Why? And did you? And also, did you respect those programs a little bit more? You know what? When I was in college, I knew it was going to come down to a situation where I had to learn how to brand myself, and I knew um, at that age, and um, even at that point in my career, to outsource a lot of a lot of those um, services mm-hmm. or tasks. Mm-hmm not having any real connection with how to do it, you know, creates like a dead end situation in which I'll always be dependent on someone on a creative end yeah. um, to uh, help me um, develop my projects. I mean, granted, there are artists that operate and just get away with doing one thing, you know, or just to pick one thing, but um, yeah, based off my budget, you know, where I was from, you know, like um, having like limited funds and resources, a lot of stuff you just have to learn how to do yourself yeah. with what it is that you have right there. Yeah. So like um, when I was in college, Right, like it was before the rise of uh, social media, and like um, it, everyone had to have their own website, mm-hmm. right? You had flat websites. It was before MySpace, and it wasn't prevalent. People didn't have smartphones right there. So um, at, at that point in time, the website that I knew that I would need to represent me as an artist on the web, I was gonna have it would come down to me doing it myself mm-hmm. and building my own website myself and really creating my own platform um on the internet. And that's pretty much what I did back then, and I still have a running website yeah. to this day. 
you know, they aren't part of my work. Yeah. Um, yes, we love their website. Really, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. That was a really strategic move. I absolutely love that because you, at that point, you already had confidence in yourself and your own artistic abilities, but you were like, I just need to know how to make, how to run with this. Yeah. And, and plus, um, like I said, I was in art school at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I knew I was the only place where I would have time to learn all that stuff. You yeah. Know? So if, if I had more time in there, I would have taken more classes. I would have taken up sculpting mm-hmm. and, okay. and, and uh-huh. filmmaking. And, you know, I would have yeah. kept going right there. But it's within the four-year program, that was, that was as far um, as I could go with the practice. But at least it was able to take me to places where it would be it's still useful to this day. Mm-hmm. You know, so like like all those um, studio classes that, that I that um, I participated in in college, mm-hmm. um, they, they all I, I put all the practice to this day. Static. Wow. What's your opinion on Afrofuturism? Uh, what is my opinion on uh, Afrofuturism? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought um, Afrofuturism was um, by definition the black culture or black aesthetic mixed with sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Is mm-hmm. all right. All right. It has its place in art. And I think it has a place in this creative realm right there, but I don't think it should be forced. And um, sometimes I worry about it becoming its own like niche market to where people that don't understand the culture come to it with a few visual aesthetic ingredients mm-hmm. and emulate that idea of of, of, um, of of what Afrofuturism is without any good intentions right there. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know, as far as black people in sci-fi, for instance, that's the ongoing strife with Hollywood overall. Mm-hmm. But I think... um overall black creatives have been putting up a good fight to have representation in America's cinema for the past like 60 years. Yeah. You know, like, like we boycotted the Oscars, mm-hmm. you know, you have dudes open up their own film studios. You, you, you had, um, you know, movie directors, um, challenging Hollywood and calling them out on that right there. I think mm-hmm. enough of that has happened to where like over the years, the images of black people in, in media and on TV have actually gotten more sophisticated and more elaborate. So for instance, Back in the 70s, you only had so many channels, so many mm-hmm. TV shows. Mm-hmm. You only had so many images of black people, right? So as mm-hmm. media grew, um, it, it began to widen demand for um, images of black people in media that black people can relate to, not just a few archetypes. Right yeah. Now. I mean, for so sure. in comparison, we're a lot further ahead in American media than Asians are or Latinos are or, or a lot of other immigrant groups of uh, color are in American cinema. And don't get me wrong, you know, you have Asian Hollywood, so we kind of could and should be, be doing more mm-hmm. as, uh, as black Americans also. But we deserve that, though. You know, in conclusion, at the end of the day, most black creators are fighting for the same thing, especially mm-hmm. if you're a black creator trying to put your work into um, American media. Um, at the end of the day, like, we just want to see people that look like us, like everyone else. We want to see something that, that we can relate to, especially if it's going to be media that we're going to be consuming and putting mm-hmm. that, that, that level of um, putting up those type of dollars into it. That leads me into asking you, what was your motivation for creating art? Yo, in a nutshell, it's a few different perspectives. One, um, I produce art using a scientific method, mm. right? So a lot of times uh-huh. like, I produce art um, based off of past experiences and examples mm-hmm. and, um, and studies, right? Like um, previous projects and trying to do something slightly different, more evolved um, than the past one um, okay. based off of preparing uh, results, reactions, you know, how, how, you know, what kind of energy... Um, the art puts off right there. So I'll pay attention mm. to that. So in reality, a part of my motivation is being in competition with my past self, right? Previous selves of previous years, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Previous chapters. But the other motivation is more of a social thing where, where the art that I make and other artists make can change and impact the world. 
mm-hmm. right, for, 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 for the better, you know, like based off where the intentions are. So like um, there's a social impact and a function for producing, for producing art. So for instance, for our main motive to producing street art murals, mm-hmm. it's a challenge on commercial billboards and produce like images that are meant to inspire you, not meant to inspire you to consume. It's meant to yeah. inspire you to feel better about yourself and, and, um, and more empowered. It's a juxtaposition, especially living in a city, and you're bombarded by like a lot of visual pollution and stuff you don't have any control over. Like what happens yeah. when like an artist it doesn't work for an advertising firm make art in that public space right there, mm-hmm. but it's not for the same intention and the function the same function as a commercial advertiser right there. What happens mm-hmm. is have art in a public space that's meant to do what art does. You know, inspire, educate, pass a lineage, um, influence. But more for the positive, though, on a human to human level. Mm-hmm. I like that you were talking about like the energy of the pieces that you bring to the table. The table being like the public arena. You can feel that the energy is way different from a billboard, with which, like you said, has commercial intentions and and kind of the intentions of spend your money with me. Right. And regardless of if it's good for you, um, if you actually need it. Right. With me, you know? right. Yeah, I can say one thing is I love your art. I can drive through and I've seen it. You have a unique way of your art. So it's like, you know, it's static when you see it. And, and that's why I, I'm so ecstatic about <laughs> interviewing you right now. We're going to go to a break right quick and we'll be right back right after this. Code Black Magazine, the lens of Chicago's authentic representation of art and lifestyle. Check out our website at codeblackmag.com. Be sure to see our latest weekly articles, our unique fashion in our online store, and our latest print and e-magazine, as well as our podcast. So be sure again to check us out at codeblackmag.com. Okay, and we're back. What's your favorite mediums and why? Yeah, that's kind of kind of hard. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of hard. Like it, it, it's all evolving. And you know what? I'll start with top box, right? Okay. Um, oil oh. paint, um, mm-hmm. number one. Ooh. Acrylic, one and a half. Still <laughs> with the number one. Was it spray paint? Um, number two. He's yeah, the spray one paint on walls. The, the whole mural thing. Um, uh-huh. Three digital art. Digital mm. media like Photoshop, um, Illustrator, Procreate, yeah. and um, I would say four film and five web. Okay, designing websites like that's one of your loves. Man, I like the power of being able to go on the internet and create my own platform. Yeah, wow. You know, like and, and that was like always a, that was the whole thing. I thought it was funny mm-hmm. where like not, not to get political though, where people like you know getting offended about celebrities being censored on Twitter. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, yo, you're a celebrity. You have a following. You, you can make your own. Yeah. <laughs> and have people come and see you right there. People like, would um, come. <laughs> it, it, it'd be more damaging to a guy like me. That's a yeah. smaller following right there. But mm-hmm. but I can even still find a way around that. I still see the internet is like the Wild West internet of 2004. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, you know, what I thought having a MySpace page was like kind of cheap. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, like you have to put MySpace behind your name. What's up with a dot com? Uh, you know, like, like, I'm, 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 I
all that like all that social media and other people's platforms is to actually promote your website mm-hmm. or should be connected on some level or another. You know what I'm saying? But you, it isn't good for all your eggs in the same basket. Yeah. Because like that's like having, you know, all your work on someone else's server or someone else's computer. Right. That's, that's, that's what it is, you know. Yeah, and at the end of the day, they did create that platform. And, I mean, yeah, same as political, but um, it, it kind of confused me sometimes when people get so up in arms about what they're doing on the platform. So it's like, right. well, it's there. <laughs> so, right. But, and, and, yeah, I like how I like how you're like, well, just make your own, like, you know. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. Yeah, static. We just awesome. we're we're so so happy and 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 we've been like for weeks now been anticipating this this meet with you today to have this podcast and and sure. I, I just want the world to know that you are everywhere throughout Chicago. Um, we were going to have more about static in our magazine, so a lot of people will be able to get a chance to see some of your work and to know more about you. To see Ramon Static's art and to see what he's doing next, please check out Static's website and a Facebook page. So I want you to let everybody know. know. Instagram page. Okay, so let everybody know. Let everybody know what that is. Follow me at at Ramon Static, spelled R-A-H-M-A-A-N, Static, S-T-A-T-I-K, all Mm -hmm. one word. Um, it's the, 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 the LA Raiders <laughs> looking logo <laughs> they got on my Instagram page but follow me on Instagram right there like um, that's why I usually post on the most recent projects right. and I'll update stories like this is actually happening right there like I'll probably uh, update my website maybe um, once a year or mm-hmm. something like that you know so when I get, like when I get around to it that's like a larger project but yeah. um, on the Instagram page like yeah I'll post stuff on there on a regular especially the stories like okay. um, so I may do like a live um, feed and plus on Instagram doesn't have a limit you got following Facebook. I'm, I'm in my limit. Like, it's, it's, yeah, it's just that matter. Yeah. On our magazine front cover, we're featuring an art piece that was specifically done for Kobe magazine. So I want everybody to make sure that they see that. And if you have one more question that you want to ask Madison. Oh, I have so many. Okay. I'll go with this. Maybe we can talk again sometime, but, um, I want to know about more about the piece that you created for the cover that you gave us for the cover. The reason why we're asking about Afrofuturism is because it, it really has, uh, to me at least, it, it kind of resonated with me in that way. And yes. so um, I was just wondering, you know, like, what were some of the symbols that you put in there? What was going on there? I love it, first of all. <laughs> Thanks. Exactly. Thanks. I mean, Thanks. we were wild when, we, when I first saw it. I, I was like really at tears because it was just so Absolutely. beautiful. It was so Thank beautiful. You. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, the story behind um, that piece was, I thought it would be interesting since um, you're featuring me in your magazine right mm-hmm. there to do a uh, collage of our current pieces and some past pieces and merge together into a new piece. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, um, so, so basically it, was, it became more of a design thing mm-hmm. of our um, previous projects, but like making it into a new illustration using on Procreate. Okay. So, it's also this is basically a mixed media piece between like, oil paintings, a wall, mm-hmm. a mural up in there, mm-hmm. and um, procreate effects. Mm. Um, in there to make it like one illustration right there. The um, symbols, you had asked about the um, faces in a, in a young lady's hand mm-hmm. that's um, at the focal point of the, the um, image. The um, that, the, I was yeah, like, I'm it, scared. Why yeah, are the Decepticons winning? That's basically, um, like, uh, I, I, I put that on there to symbolize rival factions mm. within the world that we're in um, yeah. so much to a point of where it's like popular. 
yeah, be like yeah. the battle of the opposites right there. So that, that directly connects to um, popular media, okay. what happens in pop culture. So we're like, people love rivals right there to, to the point of where it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't have an image of it in front of me right now. No, um, well, don't show it yet, but that's a secret. We want everybody to see it when we come out with it. But yeah. I thank you so much for coming out to uh, speak with us and, and to give us some enlightenment on who you are and where yeah. you are. And we're going to have a lot of people to be able to know and see more about you using when we do our um, article on you. So I just want to say thank you, everybody. Thank you for coming out, Static. And, um, Stay tuned for more of Kobe Magazine podcast. Thank you.